Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stale Bubblegum. We have a special guest today. Unlike some people who tweet to be first with wrong news about baseball, there is a holy mecca that I like to call MLB trade rumors. And unless it's up there, no signing is official in baseball or trade until I see it there. And I refresh it and I refresh it during the um, trade deadline during the entire offseason, I still do, and we're in late February, um, in the hopes that maybe the Mets will make up for Carlos Correa's ankle. But, um, which I don't know if anything will make up for that guy's ankle. I don't know what's in that guy's ankle. But anyway, uh, we have a special guest. Um, Darren McDonald has been writing for them uh, for a while. It's kind of a amazing job. I would like to talk to you about it. I would imagine it is a crazy job that is never really over, uh, especially this offseason. So I'll shut up and let you talk. How are you, man? I'm doing great, thanks. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. And you're in Toronto right now, correct? I am in Toronto, yes. Uh, this offseason was absolutely crazy. I, I, I threw Perea under the bus a little bit. But uh, he signed with every major league team and then and then unsigned with them. So talk to me a little bit about how how nutty this offseason was for you. It was uh, very nutty. And I think we all enjoyed it uh, on the MLB Trade Rumors team, especially because, I mean, it was in a sense, it was nutty. But also, in a sense, it was normal for the first time in a few years, because under the previous collective bargaining agreement the off seasons were really strange you know Bryce Harper sitting on the free agent market until like March things like that and then we had the pandemic in 2020 which led to a super quiet off season and then the lockout last year our uh, you know the 21 22 off season and so this most recent off season it was back to I think what people would consider like a classic off season with no interruptions and like big deals you want to check MLBTR on uh, on the app or on the website every few hours because you don't know what's going to happen so that was all very exciting um and then yeah in specific cases like you mentioned the Correa one as far as I know completely unprecedented that situation I mean there have been deals that have been squashed by physicals before but it's usually like you know the team's like sixth best reliever or something like that who has like a, a sore shoulder it's not usually the star shortstop who just negotiated a nine-figure deal and so for that to happen twice uh was completely crazy and then the you know the Mets one happened like the news broke at like three o'clock in the morning and so just nothing like that had ever happened before so it was all very exciting for us how's it work with you guys when stuff like that happens at three o'clock in the morning obviously that that really isn't the norm where, you know, uh, deals happen in the middle of the night and it actually gets out in the middle of the night. But how does it work with you guys? Do you have like a text chain or or like what, what happens? So it's very rare that we would be watching the, the wire at uh, three o'clock in the morning, just because like you said, it's very rare for something to come out at that time. Yeah. There are exceptions. Like we have, uh, you know, sometimes during the winter meetings or the trade deadline, if it seems really crazy, we will try to like have 24 hour coverage. And we had some of that with the lockout, both just before and just after the lockout, it was crazy because everybody knew that the lockout was going to happen on December 1st. And so I think that last week of November in 2021, 
it was like nonstop deals. And then the same thing, once the lockout was done, we were planning on, you know, th- things could happen at three o'clock in the morning. You got to be ready for that. Sure. The Korea one, we got lucky. Nobody was, um, like we didn't plan for anything to happen that night. And then just one of the staff members happened to be up and just looking at his personal <laughs> Twitter and saw it and like got out of bed <laughs> and put it up on the website because, um, because he happened to see it. Mark Polishuk, one of my colleagues. Um, so that, that was yeah. just a completely lucky break for us that we were looking at that one at that time. How do you guys work? Like, like I can tell you as a fan, uh, and especially this off season, I felt like it was it was the worst it's ever been in terms of like Twitter accounts where you have you have like real sports writers. Um, you know, just, there's Jeff Son, there's there's John Heyman, like I, you know, guys who I just like follow. And um, John Heyman obviously got Aaron Judge wrong, which which is just scrutinized, not just because he got it wrong, but because he spelled Aaron Judge's name wrong, but. How do you guys navigate through that? Because I, I, I'm being honest, and the reason why I wanted you know to have someone from you guys on is I don't think of anything as being official until I see it on MLBTradeRumors.com. Or, or to be honest with you, if Jeff, if Jeff like actually tweets it out, I know it's legit because he doesn't tweet every little rumor. Ken Rosenthal is good like that too. Um, but how do you guys navigate through the rumors? And obviously you have your own context as well, who you, who you go with, but just explain that process a little bit. Yeah, for sure. That's something that's uh, really important to us. Cause I think uh, a lot of people view us that same way that you mentioned, where it's sort of this like vanguard of separating the, the real rumors from the, from the fake rumors. Um, so that's something we take very seriously and we have many conversations pretty much every day. I mean, obviously there's slower times like right now where there's not as much going on, but we still have to have conversations. Obviously, like you said, somebody like Jeff, you said Passan. Is it Passan or Passan? I've always said Passan. You know what? I, I have said it differently on this podcast, so <laughs> so I don't know. One of two. Sorry, Jeff. Um, <laughs> either Jeff Passan or Jeff Passan, whichever one it is. He, and like you said, Rosenthal, there are certain guys where if we see them tweet something, we know that we can put it up on the site right away right. without really thinking about it. Heyman's generally the same, Arson Judge situation aside. That's, that's sort of an anomaly. Um, and then there are some people who are, it's kind of a spectrum because then there's other people who sometimes have stuff, but then sometimes we'll also make mistakes and we have to have conversations about how much we trust that. And then there's also situations where it's just some random person on Twitter. We got a message from somebody today saying that, uh, not today, like a couple weeks ago, uh, saying that they were a temp at the Orioles and here's this trade that's going to happen. And that Mm. didn't, did not come to fruition. So we did not put that on the on the right. website and you know even smaller stuff you know like jared koenig signed a minor league deal with the padres yesterday uh and some other website had put that up and we looked for the source and it was like his trainer on twitter and so it's like do we put that up on the site just because the tra- his trainer said so right. Right. so these are things we're talking about every day and it's something that um you know is very uh is very important to us uh like myself and the other people on the staff to, to sort of maintain that reputation that you talked about. It's, it's very hard now. Um, obviously like not just even Twitter, but like a couple of weeks ago, Gary Sanchez was working out and he's still not signed. 
and he was working out with a Yankee shirt on. And I actually read a story like, is Gary Sanchez hinting at a return to the, and it's like, how is that a full story? Like, how is that even anything? But it happens all the time. Even, even with Correa during that, you know, myself being a Met fan, just having to like sit through those two weeks around the holidays was fun. But like even them running with like, and I love that you guys don't, don't write this, but like his kids wearing an, I love New York shirt. And they're reading into that. And, and I'm sure probably that was done on purpose for Correa's part is like a negotiation or something. But um, I do, I do love that you guys don't do that. And maybe that's, you know, when, when the site went up, maybe it wasn't even intended to be that way. I don't know. Maybe it was just intended to be like, Oh, I'm hearing that this guy might be going here. You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it's evolved over the years. I, I've, I've been at it just uh, a couple of years now. Um, but I, I've gotten the sense that um, the the purpose of the site has been refined over the years and it's sort of carved out that position as being um, more discerning than, than perhaps some others. I mean, I, before getting the job, I was just a fan like anybody else. And, um, you know, so I've been following it for years, but I do get the sense that, uh, you know, it's, start, it's been around since, I think it's maybe like 2006, some, something like that. Like it's been around a long time. So I think the, if you look at those posts from that time, if you dig them up from the Wayback machine that, um, I think it has changed and evolved. Um, and, um, yeah, but for the past few years, since I've been involved with it, it has that, that reputation of, of reliability has been a big part of it for sure. So when you're, when you're, um, I'm assuming it, it, it functions the site as, as any other news outlet where you're assigned stories that, is that how it works? I get this. I mean, I've never been a journalist, but I think it works sort of like a news desk where you want somebody to be there at most reasonable times. You know, like uh, I imagine that an, an, when you're working in a newsroom, you don't know when the Pope is going to die or whatever, you know, you, so somebody has to be there. And so that's just sort of how we plan it out. Somebody's there in the morning, somebody's there in the afternoon, and somebody's there in the evening. We have like assignments for like less pressing stuff like because we also do stuff like we're doing a series now off season in review mm -hmm. where each of the 30 teams is going to get like a lengthy post to sort of summarize what they did for the whole winter and so those we sort of assign out but then you know in terms of breaking news and watching uh twitter and all that kind of stuff yeah we we sort of try to spread out the coverage so that uh um you know someone's just always kind of watching the desk was there any um mentioned you were in Toronto um maybe them maybe maybe the Blue Jays or like any team who had a signing there weren't hasn't been a lot of trades but like has there been a signing this year that kind of caught you off guard I know that you guys do at the start of the offseason you know your predictions and everything you know uh Swanson going to the Cubs was kind of like you know everyone kind of expected that to happen um Maybe Nimmo returning to the Mets, I kind of saw coming, but I, I don't know. Some that could have gone either way. But was there like a signing that kind of came out of left field where like kind of caught you off guard a little bit? Yeah, there was a few. I mean, obviously there's always a few surprises every offseason. Um probably the Bogarts one off the top of my head was probably surprising. I mean, the Padres didn't really need a shortstop. So 
not a lot of people were predicting them to do something like that. I mean, they already had Ha Song Kim and Fernando Tatis. And so for them to get Bogarts was not something that I think a lot of people saw coming. And then on top of that, they smashed our predictions. Um, we we had something under 200, like, like 180, 190, something like that. Right. And he got 280. So they went way over what we thought we would get to fill a position that we didn't consider to be a need at the time. Um, so that was definitely one. Um, you know, there was some smaller stuff. I mean, the Korea thing obviously was like completely shocking for totally different reasons. Um, I mean, DeGrom going to the Rangers in itself wasn't that shocking because we knew like they spent big the winter before on like Semyon and Seeger and stuff like that. But right. they did a they did a lot for their rotation. Like it wasn't just DeGrom. It was also Heaney and Ivaldi and um Jay Goderizzi re-signing Martin Perez. So they went from having, you know, a really bad rotation to seemingly a really good rotation in one offseason, which was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing that I've, I think that's the biggest surprise, right? Like, never mind the signings, the amount of money that was flying around. Um, and we were kind of talking about this, uh, before I hit record, um, growing up, um, the, as a Met fan, like the Mets did great. The Mets owned New York and then they didn't for a really long time. And the whole thing about it was the Wilpons won't spend money. They won't spend money. Now it's Steve Cohen spending way too much money. So it's just such a such a weird. Well, it's like you don't want them to spend too little. You don't want them to spend too much. But it's it's such a weird dynamic now um, with there being so much money in the game. And um, just just as, you know, a fan watching the scrutiny that comes from, like, actually trying to put a winning product on the on the field. Um what do you, do you get the sense that Mets fans are happy right now? They are. I, 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 I you know what? Mets fans are very, very interesting. Um, you want the world. You want the world because you feel like you deserve it because it's been so long since they've won. Uh, the Yankees always win. The Yankees are always in there. Um, I think generally, yeah, it's been a great offseason. If you want to nitpick, you can go position by position and be like, well, they really didn't help their offense that much compared to last year. But if you do like, you know, a really deep dive, well, they did upgrade their offense at catcher. Um, and who knows what these rookies are going to do if, yeah. if they're actually given a chance, you know? So I think, I do think overall, uh, Met fans are happy. I'm happy. Would Correa have been nice? Oh my God. Yeah. That was, that was a shock. Like I woke up that morning, I was like, I, it was like surreal. Um, and then you know, after two weeks of the Twitter nonsense of this, you know, a guy in my backyard says that, that it's going to get done today. Um, after you know two weeks of that, and hearing like you know uh, Carlos Baerga, who who actually had a good track record up until that, say it's going to get done, guys. Don't relax. It's okay. And like then you get. Um, I think Jim Bowden was like, no, nah, I'm actually hearing the, the twins. And then you hear Ken Rosenthal say, I'm actually hearing the twins. And like when Rosenthal says it, it's like, ah, oh, all right. And then you like just want it over with. So, so there is that, that mentality that even though they didn't really need Correa, um, they had Correa 
And that felt like that pushed them over the edge. And then you don't have him. And then you start scrutinizing the offseason. You're like, ah, oh, we still have Darren Ruff. He sucks. <laughs> you know, like he didn't hit. Um, you gave up four players for him. JD Davis was never gonna hit for for you know the Mets, but uh I don't know. So um I think overall long-winded answer is yes. I think I think Met fans as a whole are happy because the owner is a fan. And I think it's important for the owner to be a fan. I think so many of these owners are just kind of like, you know, we own a team and it's cool to own a team. And then we can complain at the end of the season. Um, Some of them, I don't, I get the sense that some of them don't even think it's cool to own a team. Some of it, it's just purely financial where you buy the team for X amount, hold on to it for 10 years. Now it's worth like X times six or whatever. And you've got a whole bunch of, uh, public money by to build a new stadium or whatever, which increased the value of the franchise. And then, then you sell it. Yeah. So for the Cohen thing, I would, I mean, I remember the Wilpon years and all the Mets fans complaining, being like, you know, we're a big market team. We should act like it. Why, Mm -hmm. like, why are we running this mid market budget? Right. And now you got an owner who's spending so much that the league (laughs) is losing their mind. Yep, like they came out this week. Rob Manfred and uh, a couple of the owners formed a what do they call it? A, a economic reform committee or something like that, where they're like, "We gotta, we gotta figure out a plan for how to fix this situation now because right. the Mets are too aggressive." Right, right. So, I mean, I, if I was a Mets fan, I would be ecstatic. But you know, I'm well, the thing, the only thing that I, me personally, that I'm concerned about is you're keeping your prospects. You're keeping your prospects at the trade deadline. They kept them last year. Now you got to play them. So, like last year, I thought it was an awful trade deadline. I was not surprised that the Mets were ousted like right away. I wasn't. If you watch them on an everyday basis, you could see why. They needed like a oomph. They needed something. Darren Ruff wasn't it. Nothing against him. Uh, he he wasn't it. Um, so um, had they gotten that extra bat, I think they would have went further into the, I don't know if anyone was beating the Astros, but um, if you're going to put so much stock in your prospects, you have to play them. Right. Yeah. So well, this might be the year. I mean, it seems like they got right on the, I mean, they already had Alvarez and uh, Beatty up last year. Yeah. Vientos, did he play last year? Vientos played a little bit. Yeah. So maybe this is the year we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think the WBC opens that up, not just for the Mets, just for, for so many teams. You know, there's yeah. so many players going. It opens up a lot of a lot of opportunities for a lot of guys. Are you um, a WBC guy? Are you going to watch? I don't know. I, I love it. I'm going to watch. Maybe it's because I'm in a different nation. Yeah. But I love it. And, uh, so I'll be watching. I think I'm going to try it this year. I, I couldn't get into it in the past. I think I'm going to try it this year just because, I mean, I I miss baseball so much when it's gone and it's like, this is basically like, you know, all-star games around the world. It's kind of, kind of hard not to. Yeah. It seems up. like the players are getting into it now. Like it's the, the quality of names is higher this year. Yeah. And, and just hearing like Max Scherzer talk about like how he wanted to go, but he was advised not to, like, they want to play, they want to compete against it, you know, you know, for their team and and their country. Um, So just, just briefly talk to me. um, I'm asking you about yourself last, which is, which is weird, but uh, 
how do you stumble on here? And and like, um, you know, what's what's your background in? What do you? I, I know you mentioned watching movies to unwind. I know that you you kind of dabble in that. So so talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, oh, geez. Uh, I uh, I sort of have um, stumbled into this uh, kind of by accident, which I'm sure is very annoying for uh, other baseball writers or aspiring baseball writers. But yeah, I was when I was in my 20s, I was uh, trying to be a, a screenwriter and make movies and stuff like that. And uh, I was following baseball as a fan i mentioned i was following mlbtr as a fan mm-hmm. for a long time and uh a buddy of mine uh andrew stoughton uh, ha- uh had a baseball blog a blue jays blog and i just had a couple ideas for posts throughout the years that i sent him and he was gracious enough to just put them on his site mm-hmm. and i was able to use those to uh, apply to MLB trade rumors. So it just sort of was like a, a hobby that accidentally turned into a job for me. Um, Where are you at in terms of your, are you still like writing screenplays and stuff? Uh, theoretically, I still want to, but you know, I'm sort of trying to fi- figure this thing out where, you know, the writing for the site is, is quite intense. Um, uh, it's kind of like, go, 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 go when you're on. And I check out, I try to take a breath for a second. So it's kind of hard to like, after writing pretty steadily for eight hours as a job to then just be like, okay, now I'm going to write an amazing movie <laughs> in my spare time. So I haven't quite figured out that balance yet, but yeah, I would still love to at some point. What's What do you think is the best uh, baseball, the best written baseball movie? Like not necessarily the best baseball movie, but the best written, the best dialogue. First thing that's coming to mind is probably Moneyball. There's a lot of great back and forth in that 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 Sorkin kind of thing seemed to lend itself well to baseball front office. Um, I have mixed feelings about a lot. There's a lot of baseball movies that I love, and simultaneously acknowledge that they're not actually good movies if you know what i mean i think major league is probably the best example of that where i love it i've i watch it every couple of years and i laugh yeah but at the same time i know it's not actually good right right it's great escape though i i i've seen that movie that's like one of them that i've seen like 25 times sure yeah same yeah i don't Uh, think it holds up well from the like the like gender politics thing the th- the one thing that always makes me laugh at like how absurd it is is this where he like you know the whole movie he's trying to get renee russo back because she's like become a an independent woman uh and he lures her back uh and like there's one scene where he follows her to her apartment and he's still in his baseball uniform he's still dirty and stuff and he starts making out with her and he can't get her skirt off and he uses his baseball cleats to rip off her 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 skirt and just the symbolism of that is just so <laughs> over the top to me that I can't. I'm, so I let la- why I love watching Major League because I laugh at some good jokes and then I also la- laugh at those parts that I, sure. that I find to be ridiculous. Every every I used to uh, text friends of mine the the they're shitty you know that uh, those sure. the groundskeepers I used to send them that after like a Met loss every every time I text. They're still um, shitty, yeah. Yeah, they're still shitty. Um, all right, man. Well, maybe maybe you could leave me on this. What what was the strangest uh, 
rumor that came came your way like while you've been doing this is there anything that jumps out that like had no merit no anything that was just like i don't know i i hear aaron judge is going to the brewers like anything weird that had no context whatsoever um that's an interesting question something with no context whatsoever um I don't know about a rumor, but I mean, it is interesting um, of what people think is possible. And I don't want to like insult anybody because not everybody follows this stuff as like religiously as as we kind of do. But, um, you know, somebody asked me the other day if I thought the Pirates had a shot to land Otani next winter. And <laughs> I just, I'm sorry, no. I <laughs> I can't think of anything less likely to happen than the Pirates signing Shohei Otani next winter. I mean, um, maybe if he's, if, maybe if it's just Otani. <laughs> I suppose it's theoretically like if if it's just him on the field, like it's just you know a nine against nobody else. Yeah, yeah, as like a publicity stunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those poor pirate fans. Um, yeah. All right, man. Well, listen, this was fun. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, like I said, you guys are the gold standard. Um, I say it's so funny. I, I still I check you out at, at least like six times a day just because you never know. Um, Baseball is so unpredictable. You never know when, you know, someone's getting called up or whatever. So, yeah. Um, and there's I, always I, something going on. You know, there's the the trade deadline and the offseason are obviously big. But, you know, now we're going to have to be deciding who makes the team on opening day and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, guys are going to get hurt throughout the year and teams are going to have to figure out backup plans. So it's uh, we're always there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Mm-hmm.